everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Parallel Physiques podcast. It is Coach Kenneth and I bringing you uh, an amazing number one functional health coach. We have Matt Cusano here. He is also the, what do we say, CEO, COO, founder, master of all things for Rise HRT. So we are going to talk HRT. We're going to talk TRT. We're going to talk all the RTs today. Matt, how are you? Mm -hmm. Tell us about yourself. I'm doing very well. Thank you, Laura. Um, I'm excited to be on the podcast with you guys. Um, for those who don't know me, um, I've been a bodybuilding coach in North Carolina for the last 12 years, and I have been working in the functional medicine realm for the last six years. Um, in regards to the HRT realm, that's been about consistently involved in the HRT realm in the last three years, working with different practitioners. Um, and I just recently opened my own functional medicine and HRT clinic 100% online this past November. Awesome. And that's been going very well. <clears throat> and that's risehrt.com, correct? That is risehrt with a Y-Z-E. There you go. Of course, we're going to yeah. put that in the show notes so everybody can see that, but yep. we need to talk a little bit of uh, experiences, a, a little bit of what is HRT, why would we use it, how does it function, all the good stuff. I know that I use it. Um, my coach over there <clears throat> uh, helped me figure out that I could use needles, which is a little scary for me because I'm not a big fan. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's important to talk about, particularly for, um, you know, the gen pop, those of us in gen pop who might be a little more veteran on the planet, uh, who could actually benefit from um, HRT, how that works for us, why we might benefit from it, and talking about the difference between going to the doctor and getting what they would give us and actually going through a clinic like yours. And what's the difference and why might we do that? So I think those are just some high points maybe we can hit today. Kenneth, what do you think? I think actually, I think that's great because I think it's been interesting. When I first started coaching on the functional side, finding uh, a Western medicine doctor, or like a regular general <laughs> practitioner to kind of play ball with someone who needs hormone replacement therapy has been really difficult. And so when Matt and I kind of hooked up as colleagues, and um, initially it was just this like it's a competitor bodybuilder coach in our area and i'm thinking who's this motherfucker <laughs> like what, who am i gonna have to deal with this now and so then it turned into you know uh we're like-minded didn't really expect that and then we turned into really close friends and it's funny like probably my inner circle this is this is my inner circle <laughs> there might be one other person missing that's about it but um i think matt and i are really on a journey to try to serve our clients better and so we've tried a different a couple different approaches with different people you know there was one in particular gentleman gentleman that we used for a little bit it was kind of on the on the line of functional and on the line of western medicine thought processes and it's, he wasn't not doing a good job. He was doing fine. Um, but it, there were still some conversations that we were having as coaches that he didn't quite meet us where we were and we couldn't quite meet him where he was. And um, so we really were 
we were talking about an HRT clinic and uh, Matt had, had, <clears throat> had the opportunity to work with, a, with another clinic. And then the more we talked about that, he's like, man, I think I could probably do this on our own. And so now Matt's done this. And what I really find is to have a practitioner or, you know, a doctor type figure to work alongside a client with the same thought process as me, it makes it a more cohesive uh, conversation and it makes the client less apprehensive about maybe some ideas that I have or maybe getting that second opinion or that second look at their blood work. It really kind of makes things better. And then, you know, Matt, I guess for me, do you want to talk about where you really find challenges? Like I find that like ladies in particular, you know, postmenopausal right now in that age bracket, let's just say in their fifties or late forties, they are hesitant. Some of them are hesitant about HRT. Can you debunk some of why they shouldn't be hesitant? Sure. So one thing that we all want to keep in mind is the, the entire purpose of hormone replacement therapy is to replace what is not being produced naturally. And whether that's due to, you know, various circumstances, but by the time we've decided to, um, to turn to HRT, we've, we've decided that the body is unwilling to produce those hormones naturally. And that in itself can lead to a lot of health detriment. Um, For women, it can lead to anxiety, depression, several mental health uh, disorders. Um, It can lead to GI issues. Um, It can lead to metabolic syndrome, diabetes, and insulin resistance. Um, It can even lead to Alzheimer's and, you know, brain dysfunction, cognitive dysfunction, cognitive decline. Um, It can lead to thyroid dysfunction. You know, it can lead to so many various things. And I think the biggest issue with Western medicine is that they use age as an excuse for someone to feel like shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. go to the doctor and you say, I'm tired all the time. Mm-hmm. I have no sex drive, but I can't sleep. I'm never hungry. I have no motivation. And they say, well, you're old. Right. <laughs> because because once you get that, past that, a certain age, discussion. yeah once you get past a certain age you're just supposed to suck it up because now you're old and that's how life is right, right. wrong <laughs> right so what what hrt clinics or you know what my hrt clinic is doing is showing that uh specific uh group that they don't have to live the rest of their lives feeling like shit, that the next 40 to 50 years doesn't have to be miserable. Age is truly just a number. Um, And you can reverse a lot of the symptoms of age with the, you know, with, with good nutrition, good lifestyle um, habits and optimal hormones. Um, And that's really the key factor there. Um, I think that there are a lot of HRT clinics that do not have that same concept in mind. So that leads to a lot of horror stories that people hear. And let's be honest, even our general physicians 
don't have the best understanding of women's physiology and hormones. Um, I mean, we know just based off of the conventional reference ranges that women are basically set up for failure when it comes to analyzing healthy hormones. And we have doctors calling Dutch tests and GI maps fake science. So, you know, yeah. what, what are, what are women supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest question I get or biggest statement I get asked by that specific age group is in regards to, you know, health risks, mm-hmm. cardiovascular risks and cancer risks. Mm-hmm. And what I remind everyone is when we look at the negative health risks of high testosterone, we see that they're extremely similar to the negative health risks of low testosterone. You know, they both pose the same cardiovascular risks. Um, the fact of the matter is we don't want high levels. And we don't want low levels. We want optimal levels, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's, that's the key. Um, when a hormone is in its optimal natural range, a 20-year-old male or female with perfect optimal hormones, there are no health risks. So what right. can the health risks be of having optimal natural health hormones? There's no health risks. The health risks come from imbalances. And that comes from misdiagnosis and, and poor treatment plans. Um, and in regards to cancer risks, we all know that especially in women, estrogen is such a driver of various cancers, cervical, breast, ovarian cancer. So in regards to reducing risk factors in women, eliminating estrogen dominance and keeping that balance is essential for reducing breast cancer or or any type of cancer risk. So- in a lot of situations, by balancing estrogen and progesterone, you could essentially be reducing their risk of cancer, not promoting it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I also think in that particular realm, if you're working with Laura, myself, or Matt, when we're doing a gut protocol, uh, part of that is, you know, the majority of your hormone conversion happens in your gut. So when you don't detoxify correctly through your gut, then you have recirculating hormones, um, metabolites of those hormones, and that can, you know, over long periods of time cause cancer. Uh, mm-hmm. It's linked to breast cancer, things like that. Absolutely. So to have someone, to have a clinic that's not only trying to balance your hormones, but is trying to also functionally look at you and say, okay, you have this gut issue and this is causing some, a lot of other things, you know, um, the conversion of thyroid happens in your gut. There's lots of neurotransmitters that are in your gut that, that are provided, you know, for mood and various different operations for your brain. So when you look at a clinic like rise, it's very unique in the fact that you have somebody that's looking at you as a whole person just like we would as a functional coach. And a lot of what I tell people that I work with is, you know, the difference between Western medicine and functional is it's really simple. Western medicine has all of these ologists. They have a neurologist, they have a gastrologist, they have a cardiologist, they have an endocrinologist, all of those ologists kind of work separately. And some of them are really brilliant people, but 
and I'm thankful for all the things that have been positive. But when you take, if I took your gut out of your body, are you going to survive? No. Or, or your brain or your heart or any of those things that those ologists are just right. specifically paying attention to because right. it's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. And when it's all interconnected and you have someone who's designing a hormone plan with that in mind, I think, you know, with a lot of our clients who are apprehensive for hormone replacement therapy, they've got to understand that they're coming from a place where there's really smart people that have done really good things, but they're missing the boat on the hormone side because that really hasn't been a focus. And I don't know, I mean, maybe 10 years ago, because that's when I was diagnosed with low testosterone. Um, And even then it was kind of like, you know, hope it gets better. You know, here's some Clomid kind of situation. So um, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Would would I be spot on in saying saying those things? If if somebody has reservations, it's like if you make sure that you're looking at all the angles and then you shouldn't have any reservations, really. Right. I mean, I'll put it to you this way, guys. We did 55 GI maps in the month of December. That's that's almost that's almost two a day. You know? Yeah, that's wild. So uh, you can imagine how many people, male and female, that I went through their labs and said, Yes, you do have suboptimal hormones, but I don't necessarily think that HRT is the solution right now. Um, your cortisol is through the roof. We can see that there's poor thyroid conversion. We can see that there's poor estrogen detoxification. We can see that there's mineral deficiencies um, and vitamin deficiencies present. I think you need a GI map. And when you receive those results, we'll go over them together, figure out a plan to get that optimized, redo your labs and check and see what type of improvements we've seen um, throughout your hormone markers and your other health markers. And if they're still suboptimal, then we can talk about um, HRT. One, and I, one, and I like that. I you like know. that you bring up the process of that because I think a lot of people think, um, and I know this from my own experiences. You know, you go to the doctor and they order certain labs, and they don't always order what you want or what you need. Um, in particular, right? I'm a female. And they never order the labs that I need. They never, they never, they don't order testosterone. They don't care. They don't, you know, they don't order what I need. So to, to take that and know that for number one, they're not ordering the labs that we need. Number two, most doctors, and I have personal experience with this, don't know how to read them. Sure. They don't know how to read them. Right. They, they can't see the patterns. They don't know the patterns. When you say, you know, you're, th- you know, you have, don't have optimal thyroid, you have some issues with, they don't know that they can't read that. They can't see that for us to even take it to the next step to say, you need a GI map, which as we already alluded to, they're never going to have you do a GI map. Right. Um, but yeah. that's where, that's where we as functional health coaches come in. Um, particularly when we are associated or when we have this connection with a clinic like yours is, we can have our clients go, we can see it, we can read the labs, you can read the labs, we can get, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. We can have our clients come to you to get the labs done and get the GI map done. And we can have those conversations because then we can really dig in. Cause guess what? Like we've, the whole conversation you guys just had it, had, 
it's not about the number on the lab that says your testosterone is X and your estrogen is Y and your progesterone is Z. Right. We need to know why those numbers are where they are. Right. And right. like you said, and that's the key, right? Is there's so many factors that go into that. It doesn't just mean, oh, my body's not you know, producing estrogen anymore. Well, maybe it is, but we're just not Super. seeing it, right? Or maybe maybe it's just not producing enough, or maybe it says I have too much, so I don't need any, because that's what happened to me. All of a sudden, my, my estrogen was super high, super high. And I was working with someone previously who just kept bumping my progesterone up. Well, guess what I had? I had a major gut issue and Oof. By the time we figured out it was a gut issue, which that person did not figure it out, yep. <laughs> it was Kenneth, um, I was a wreck. Yeah. Because I had so many hormones in me, it was crazy. Yeah. So it's it's not just about finding, oh, any HRT clinic, wherever. Yeah. It's finding one, like Kenneth said, that works with you and can work with your coach. And if you don't have a coach, they can coach you and help you to feel the best you can because we're going to get to that root cause. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, our, our consults are designed to be 30 minutes long, but I don't, I can't remember a single consult that I've had that's less than 45 minutes because I'm just going in detail over their labs. Yeah. Um, to your point earlier, Laura, you know, what we all have to remember, and this is especially important for that, that population of your listeners, your general physician's job is not to put you in optimal health. Your general physician's job is to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, that is what a doctor's job is, is to keep you alive. So when a doctor views labs, he's saying, is this person dying? Is this person in a state of disease that I need to address immediately? And if the answer is no, they move on. Their job is not to get you in optimal health. So if you go to the doctor expecting them to run you know, comprehensive labs, checking your adrenals, checking your, your thyroid, checking your sex hormones, they're, they're going to look and see, eh, she's surviving, you know? Yeah. And of course they don't understand adrenal dysfunction and how that can pertain to blood pressure, cardiovascular issues, kidney dysfunction. They don't, they don't know those attributes. So what, you know, how often does cortisol even get checked unless we're demanding it? Never. Never. Yeah. It's never. Yeah. never. So, so to your point, and like you said, you know, women's physiology has just not been studied nearly as much as men's. So in, in the general consensus of what doctors look at when they're looking at hormones, they don't pay attention to women's testosterone too much. Mm -hmm. If anything, they're paying attention to estrogen and that's LH, FSH and estrogen is probably, I'd say the main things that a doctor knows to look at in a woman's uh, you know, woman's body, definitely not progesterone. Boy, I tell um, you what, I have, I have never had a doctor test my FSH and LH ever, really? ever, not ever. I mean, once you're on HRT, it really doesn't, the point is moot anyways. Well, true, um, but I mean, prior to that, I mean, I've been on yeah. HRT, I think two years. Hmm. That's yeah, it. Been two. Yeah, yeah. Just two. Never have they ever No, And most women don't even know what that is. Sure. Because women that, and I think that's the hardest part for, for a woman of this age who is now broaching these subjects, right? Cause usually a woman comes to this and comes to someone, a coach, because why they can't lose weight. Yeah. I have menopause belly, which drives me crazy. Stop saying that. 
Um, <laughs> right? Um, stop eating carbs because you're screwing up your insulin. That is not true. My insulin is awesome. But um, that's why they come to us. And then the education behind what's actually going on during menopause. Yeah. Women don't, so many women don't have any idea how their body works because we've never been told that. They go, here, take this pill. You won't get pregnant. See you later. Bye. Come and see me in exactly. a year so we can make sure you don't have cervical cancer and we can right. spread the who's and do the who's and, and then you're out and we can give you another prescription. There's no education. And that's what I love about functional health. That's what I love about your HRT clinic is that you get the education that you should have had when you were 13 and 14 years old. Yeah. Right. Sure. It's 100%. true. And, and I'm not, and I tell this to all my ladies, because I've had some people say, you're just, are you anti birth control? I am not anti birth control. I'm anti be not being educated before you put something in your mouth. Absolutely. That's, that's the biggest thing, you know, um, in regards to avoiding pregnancy, it does a great job and in circumstances it's needed, especially with so much back and forth discussion in the government about abortions right. and, and whatnot. Um, so we, we have to allow women to have that power. Yes. But with that being said, why has there never been a discussion about, um, you know, more about male, what men can do, you know, whether that's, you know, getting snipped or, or I, you know, they, they've experimented with male birth control and do you know why none of them work? Because they shut down male testosterone and that can't possibly be allowed. But you can right. shut down my estrogen and my progesterone all day long. Correct. Cause yeah. you can all still technically long. function. You right. might be crazy, but you can function. <laughs> <laughs> But not I mean, crazy that's, anymore, but yeah. <laughs> you know, not enough men, you know, can really put this in perspective, but men who take testosterone can put this into perspective. Imagine if at 13 and 14 years old, we were prescribing men 20 milligrams of testosterone a week. Not enough to replace them, just enough to shut them down so that they couldn't impregnate other women. That that right. wouldn't fly. That, that wouldn't fly one bit, right. you know? Right. Um, however, if we had a different discussion about vasectomies and told a bunch of 16 year old boys that they didn't have to worry about pulling out, I bet a lot of them would be <laughs> signing up. <laughs> You're like, right. Where is You're that right. again? We, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I think that there's a really big stigma around vasectomy being the same as castration. I, I think that's how most men think about it because you know, I'm sure you guys have had this conversation with, with clients because women will ask me, well, what am I supposed to do? And I say, well, if you're in a serious relationship, then a, a discussion might be for him to get a vasectomy. Mm -hmm. And I can hear him in the background. Yeah, fucking right. Something <laughs> like that. And it's just like. It's a super easy procedure. So you'd you're rather your out. partner just be fucked up the rest of their lives. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, I I just I got a vasectomy in May of last year, and I'll tell you what my perspective was. I was terrified that it was going to be really, really painful. Yeah, and then I was going to be sitting in my bed with a bag of frozen peas sure. on my balls for a week, sure. and I was gonna I was gonna have to like 
go get my scrotum lanced if it you know swole up to like a infected the size of a uh, a plum or something you know or big old grapefruit or something so at the end of the day what ended up happening was I, I used Dr. Monteith here in Raleigh and I met with a guy for 10 minutes before the procedure and he's like all right you ready to do this and I was like yeah so go in it's like literally the pain of like a rubber band snapping on your skin slightly. And then I felt some kind of tugging around a little bit. And then literally in 10 minutes, it was over. And the only thing that I remember from the whole procedure is he had a video, he had a, like a TV above my head. And I was watching this food network show that had this unbelievable cheeseburger that they were preparing and I was paying more attention to the cheeseburger than I was to the guy tugging on my sack. Yeah. And like, ultimately when I walked out, I asked him, I was like, you know, do I have to put ice on it? Do I, is there anything that I need to do? He said, no, you need to relax, hang out, watch TV today. Tomorrow you you'll be, you know, you can move, move around and be a little bit more active in 48 hours. If you want to have sex, you can, and by the end of the week, um, you can lift weights. And I was like, well, shit, this is not too bad at all. However, the one thing that they don't tell you is you're not immediately sterile. So it takes about, I don't know, I think it's three months to basically clear the system um, so you don't impregnate your significant other. So there has to be an alternate form of birth control during that period of time. But now it's a situation where, man, I, I don't regret it. And even if I did regret it, you can reverse it. So exactly. it's just a, it, it's an extremely safe procedure that was very minimally invasive. It was like $900 total. And I mean, I just think about like over the course of your, your life, Laura, how much did you spend on birth control? A lot. I don't know. It was probably 900 bucks, right? Oh, so ultimately i was on yeah, birth control for 31 that? years oh my god it was <laughs> right right, right. See, <laughs> so you just never know and i think that's something to, to to talk about too uh and also i want to get into the male thing i, I want to finish this up but i want to get into the male side of hormone replacement therapy because sure. everybody thinks it's everybody has this Ooh, perception segue, that it's though. like well i just want to get jacked okay I have a great segue into that because I find it interesting okay. that as we age, right. And you kind of alluded to this, Matt, right. Is like, deal with it. You're not going to feel good, whatever, but that's not necessarily true. If you're a man, because sure. when you watch television and you see all the commercials for, Oh, if you have low T, you can do this. You can do that. Here's a, here's a pill. Here's a, this here's So at least they're advertising for it. When you are a female, and you get close to menopause, you're going through menopause, number one, doctors just go, suck it up, we don't care if you can't sleep and you have hot flashes and I mean, nothing to help out. But then once you get through it, there's no conversation about the health implications like you were talking about, Matt, of not having those on board anymore. And some women nowadays are getting through menopause in their early 40s, mid 40s, and they have 40 years to go with no hormones on board and they're not being counseled about what that actually means for their health, right? So 
yeah. so the door is kind of i feel like when it comes to men we're starting to have that conversation more mainstream around hey you're not feeling great you might have yeah. low t right we do we do but, but um, here's the thing here's the thing i want to touch on this first sure i think in my in my particular experience uh if you go to a general practitioner and you're trying to get testosterone, mm -hmm. they would rather prescribe you an opium based product mm -hmm. than testosterone. Wow. Um, the, the, the cost of testosterone right now, if you go and purchase it through insurance, insurance companies are almost not paying the full cost anymore. I have a couple of clients who are now paying $65 for a vial of testosterone. And we're talking about, a one milliliter vial. We're not talking about a 10 milliliter vial. And so the cost is going up through insurance. On top of that, when you do see the advertisements on TV, it's for these supplements. It's oh, the yeah, supplements done. that people are selling and it's, it's all crap, right? Yeah, it is. So at the end of the day, there's still a bunch of stuff going on that people are having a really hard time navigating through these waters because they don't really have a trusted source. Mm -hmm. And so that's another reason why I wanted to have you on here because I'll tell you this, even my perspective prior to, um, you know, us working together and getting on hormone replacement therapy myself 10 years ago, man, I thought TRT clinics, they were just creepy and they were going to, they were going to fuck me up either way. And they were going to try to sell me a bunch of peptides or they're going to try to sell me something that was fake or whatever. And it was going to cost me an arm and a leg. And so part of this conversation is if you're a male with low testosterone and you're having a, a difficult time getting it from your general practitioner, this is a place that you can trust. However, you're also going to understand where you, where you, where you stand hormonally, because just like females, they're way more complicated than us dudes. But the problem with us guys is we're stupid, right? So like you walk into the, you're like, Hey, so I don't feel so good. And they're like, Oh, your hormones, you know, your testosterone's 250. You're fine with your, you're within the reference range. Well, at 250 nanograms per deciliter, I wanted to put a gun in my mouth, yeah. right? So, and that's the issue that there's, there's misinformation and lack of education on both sides. And sometimes, uh, both get a bad rap because women aren't respected the way they should be. And dudes are treated as dummies. And a lot of us kind of are, cause they're like, I just want to feel good. Can we feel good? And you know, I just want to have an erection. It's like, okay, well, how do we navigate that? Right. So. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, uh, as long as guys get comprehensive enough labs, I always dive into adrenal function and thyroid function mm -hmm. with them. You know, you brought up a great, great point there. Sex drive. Sex drive is something that we hear both men and women talk about a lot um, in the functional and HRT realm. And even people taking HRT still struggle with sex drive. And what I explain to all of them is that it's, one, for one reason or another, a stress response, you know, their body is in a fight or flight state and it's so focused on survival that it's not thinking about sex or fertility. Mm -hmm. And that's, 
that's essentially what we all have to understand. You know, we understand this, but it's hard for others to understand that the human body was not designed for 2023. You know, and that's something that I explain to literally each person I get on a call with when they ask, why are these things happening? I say, because our body was designed thousands of years ago for caveman times. It wasn't designed for this. It can't, it can't differentiate those stressors that we incur each day. And, you know, as we, as stress goes up, whether it's our own doing or it's just life, you know, smacking us in the face our body's adapting to that. So a lot of the dysfunction that we see in our body is actually just adaptations to stress. And um, there's just so many various different stressors these days. And, you know, I know we started this, we initiated this conversation talking about people in the over 40s category, but, you know, even recently in the past five to 10 years, we've seen much younger individuals dealing with hormone decline. Um, you know, the, the story used to be guys over 35. Now it's like guys over 28. Um, You're exactly right. You know, and so the decline is just happening a lot younger or earlier in life for both men and women. For women, it's obviously majority birth control related, um, but not just birth control. And I explain that to people too, you know, yes, that can cause a lot of dysfunction, but it's typically not the sole you know, uh, variable. It's the combination of that impacting the HPA axis plus chronic dieting, because we know every teenage woman is a diet is, you know, is dieting and stuff. Plus, if you throw in their partying or trauma or that type of, you know, stress, it's the accumulation of factors adding up by the time that they reach their twenties. That's when the shit storm, you know, really hits. Um, and it's, it's environmental toxins, it's our water supply, it's our food quality, it's it's the plastics, it, it's everything, you know, it's social media. Um, when we look at the various generations, because of social media and everything, you know, I feel bad for the generations under me because they are held to such a different physical standard and, you know, standard of success and everything that it would just be so hard to compete as a modern day high schooler, I feel like. Mm -hmm. You like have to look like a Greek God and bench 405 at 16 years old <laughs> to even be impressive these days. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Just out, it's just outrageous how much it's changed. You're exactly right. Yeah. And I think what's great about what you're saying is that we as functional health coaches, we bring that to light, right? Yeah. You're not going to get that from a doctor. You're not going to get that from a nurse practitioner. We're going to bring that to light for you because hormone imbalances, particularly at the younger ages, have everything to do with the choices that you're making and the perceptions that you have of your life, right? Sure. It's lifestyle, it's mindset, it's activity it's all of those things and if we can get you young enough and get you working with a coach so that you can overcome these things and find pathways through them right we can inhibit we can we can literally change your life so that when you're 40 50 and i know people i mean i remember when i was in my late teens and 20s i'm like man people who are 50 they're really oh i'm never gonna you know um <laughs> 
but that's it's and it's and you don't think about that right because mortality isn't an issue then but if we can start creating those habits at those young ages you know we can we can make it so much better for them and 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 you know and here's the thing like we've talked about even in your 40s and 50s it's not too late to change those habits we might need to supplement with some things right to be optimized but we can still make those changes and still feel good we don't need to be you know you know riding that horse into our grave feeling like we're doing that when we're 55 or 60 you know and live no i mean i've i've worked with several people in their 40s who feel better than they did in their 30s right and i know kenneth has too well i i mean i'm actually that person you're that guy so (laughs) so i'll tell you like when I was in my 30s, I would say the majority of the time I kind of felt uh, run down. Um, I didn't really, I didn't even really know that I felt bad. And, but the gym would tell me. So I'd go into the gym and my knees would hurt and my shoulders would hurt. I'd get tendonitis really easily. Does that sound like your life right now, Matt? Um, so I'm just Since, since 24. <laughs> so. I would would feel really rough in the gym and I just thought that was normal. I was like, well, I mean, just beating myself up and I I was probably training too much and I was probably not doing some things. But one of the things that absolutely changed my life was, was getting on hormone replacement therapy. And I'll tell you a little bit about what happened. So at the age of 28, I was, I was not a hundred percent. I couldn't lose weight. I couldn't, um, I, I didn't have uh, a normal libido. I didn't have uh, a really good outlook on life. I was pretty depressed all the time. And I knew something was off. But I didn't do anything until I was 30 when my wife left me. I was like, well, shit, I'd probably should go to the doctor because um, we had some issues. And one of those things was my libido. And you had this manhood thing where you're like, I'm not going to fucking give up my manhood. If I go to the doctor and I tell him I got something wrong with me, then I'm just giving my man card out immediately. So I finally swallowed my pride and I walk into this doctor's office. And I remember the guy wasn't too far from my age. So I was 30. He was probably 38. And he looked like he would lift weights. And so he asked me, he said, you know, why are you here? I said, I'd like to get my testosterone checked. He said, okay, no problem. He said, let's go ahead and run labs and then you can come back and we can talk. So I came back like the following week, he sits me down and I'll never forget it. He walked in the door. He was, I was sitting by the door, the entrance door, and he was walking in the other side of the room and he looks at me and he stops. He said, you want the good news or you want the bad news? I said, well, I want the bad news first. I mean, I, I can't, I, I don't, you know, leave me on. He's like, well, you're basically a woman. You're, you have the testosterone level of a girl. Oh my gosh. And and I was like, Oh, okay. And he said, but the good news is I can fix you. He's like, I, we can get it squared away. And so what he did was he prescribed me Clomid and Clomid was an oral and I was more to take Clomid because, well, I was 30 and that's sort of a, a fertility pill that if, if the basic function of it is, is it raises estrogen in the body. And when it raises estrogen in the body, it causes the pituitary gland to, to tell the balls to kick in your natural production. So it took about six months for, for me to feel better. 
but man, what, did I feel like I was fucking 18 years old again? The wind could blow. And I was like, Hey, mailbox, <laughs> you want to have sex? Like it was like, you know, it was, I was like, what's up? And, um, then it just stopped. Yeah. I, it just stopped working. And ultimately what happened was, is my, the function of my pituitary gland and my balls just started to stop working. Yeah. So I ended up doing TRT. Well, I still, I didn't feel as good as I did while I was on Cloven, Clovid for some reason, but I didn't realize this. I was going through a divorce. I had a lot of stress. I was eating like crap. And I'll be honest with you for about a month there, I think I drank a bottle of wine a night and it was, I was just devastated, right? So ultimately what I did was I caused gut dysphosis in my, in myself and I didn't know it. I thought, Oh, diarrhea, it's normal. Constipation is normal. Gas is normal. And the next thing I know, I'm probably, I don't know, I was 38 years old and I finally go through a gut for a call with Austin, my coach and dude, it was like, I turned back the hands of time. My knees don't hurt anymore. My shoulders don't hurt anymore. I don't have headaches anymore. I, my inflammation is significantly lower. I have abs. I'm 40 years old and I don't look 40. I mean, I might in the face some days, depends on how rough the day is. But right now, I mean, I'm, I feel like I look pretty good. So at the end of the day, I think if you don't, if you don't know what's going on, reach out to somebody that could potentially tell you because hell I didn't fucking know. And when you go on the journey, you start peeling back the onion and you're like, wow, I'm way more messed up than I ever thought I was. Sure. And it's, uh, I think there, I think the majority of people are in this boat. I, well, the, I agree. There's no one that they, I, there's no one I work with that isn't. Well, it's because we've society has normalized disease and dysfunction. And so when you be, we, we pay attention to things because we've now, you know, we've taken the, the red pill, if you will, but like, uh, you know, 15 years ago, none of us knew these things. So, we didn't recognize how shitty we felt. We just thought being tired was normal. Having gas and heartburn and digestive issues is just normal. You take gas X and you take omeprazole and Tums. You know, you, there's, you just, they just normalize everything. And it's not until mm -hmm. you get better that you realize how fucked up you were. And that was the same situation with me when I first started um, fixing my GI issues. Um, I felt significantly better. And then the next time I felt like a huge change again was actually when I linked up with Mayor Pachi. Yeah. She made me recognize how fucked up I was because of how much improvement <laughs> I saw. And I'm you just will, like, I tell people that all the time. Like you do not know how bad you feel until you start to feel good. And then you go, wow. Right. It was literally a wow. Yeah. It was a wow. And Mayor's going to be on the podcast. She's gonna be on the podcast next week. Next week. Mayor's the best. Mayor's yeah. Mayor's one of the best female coaches I've ever encountered. Wow. I agree. She is truly just amazing, and she's an amazing person. Yeah, that's cool. I don't have nice enough things to say about Mayor. Yeah, 
Well, do we have anything else we want to talk about from a hormone replacement therapy standpoint? Um, I don't know. Do you guys have any other questions? I think one thing one, one thing I'll say that I, I, get, actually, asked, go I ahead. get asked in every single consult this. Mm -hmm. Everyone asks me, is HRT a a commitment for life? And the answer goes back to our original discussion. The point of HRT is to replace what's no longer being produced naturally. So if we decide to go down this road, we've officially decided that your body is unwilling to produce this naturally anymore. Um, for example, let's say a guy comes to us with a 300 testosterone and we give him HRT to bring him up to a thousand. If in five years he decides to stop taking that HRT, he's going to go back to 300 mm -hmm. or, le or less because now Probably it's five, five years later, you know, yeah. So no, nobody's holding a gun to your head saying you have to do HRT for the rest of your life, but all the things that HRT helped you feel better, those are going to go away when you stop taking the HRT. Mm -hmm. So you're going to feel like crap again. The HRT is what's allowing you to feel good despite the unfixable dysfunction in your body, you know, whether right. that's due to age or just... 30 years of birth control um, <laughs> or, you know, wh whatever it may be. Um, so it's, it's always a tough conversation because yes, it's a long-term commitment, but it's, it's not, it's your choice. You're making a commitment to feel good. You're well, not well, making a commitment to take drugs. The, the interesting thing though, when you think about that too, is the downstream effects if you don't. And you alluded to sure. this earlier in the conversation, right? If sure. our hormones aren't in a good spot, we're yeah. going to see metabolic dysfunction. We're going to see cardiovascular dysfunction. We're going to see diabetes. We're going to, I mean, adrenal dysfunction. We're going to see all those things. And that, so the question is. Alzheimer's dementia. You know right. That. The question is, do you want to optimize your health for the long term and right. do this and make a commitment to this? Or yeah. are you willing to say, I'm good and then see all those other effects occur, which are those effects of aging and losing those hormones. I, you know, like you said, it's your decision, but you need to know it's the education piece, right? You need to know the good and the bad and the ugly of it. Sure. And I think that's, I think where most people just don't know is they don't know how much their hormones are making them, their lack of hormones are making them feel bad. You know, I tell women, every almost every woman that we encounter at the clinic um, with very low progesterone is on anxiety medication. And, exactly I'm, right. and I even tell them stories of how I've encountered so many women uh, throughout my career that are prescribed birth control and anxiety medication at the same time. And it's also almost like a two for one combo pack that doctors uh, prescribe. You know, and, and wouldn't it be nice we, if they knew why they had to do that? Right, right. And as soon as we fix their gut, fix their stress, balance their estrogen and progesterone, that anxiety has significantly declined. And there's a good chance that they might not need that medication. Now, of course, there's plenty of reasons for mental health issues and anxiety and depression, but um, I don't think enough people understand how much hormones do play a role in that. Mm -hmm. um, yes. 
And so there, there are opportunities that if you have balanced hormones, you may not require other medications for the rest of your life. And if I had to choose between HRT and, you know, blood pressure and anxiety medications, I'd take the HRT. I would agree. I also had a client at one point come to me and she, I always ask for a list of medications and this particular girl, uh, the timeline was really interesting. She said, I'm on birth control. I started that, uh, seven years ago. And then at the beginning of this year, we're towards the end of the, the year, I started taking, um, Adderall hmm. and then by the middle of the, that year, I started taking Prozac. And so she's like band-aiding all these things, right? So as soon as she told me the timeline, I was like, okay. So what happened was, is, is you started taking birth control, which caused you to have SIBO, which messed up your neurotransmitters. So now you can't function, like your brain doesn't function to be able to focus as well. That's why you're taking the Adderall. And the Adderall and the birth control have basically downregulated some of the other hormones in your body. So now you have anxiety and depression and you don't know how to cope with anything. So what you went and did is you did three bodybuilding competitions back to back to back. And now you're, com you're a complete wreck and you don't know how you got here, but I do. And she literally sat there for like two minutes and was like, Holy shit, that makes a lot of sense. And I was like, so what you got to do is you got to come off the birth control. Yeah. I said, I recommend a copper IUD if that's what you, if you want to do birth control, yeah. that's probably, I mean, it's not the most optimal thing to do, but we can at least work with that. At least it um, it's, Yeah, it's got its own issues. And then let's go ahead and try to come off all the other medication. And if we had her on the podcast right now, she's still a client. She is so successful and she's feeling so good and it's taken us a while and we're getting out of the gut protocol sooner rather than later. And ultimately she'll compete and she'll probably blow away that physique that she had on stage a year ago, two years yeah. ago. And um, that kind of brings me to my last question with you uh, from a bodybuilding standpoint, who are you really excited to put on stage this year? Man, I'm, I'm excited for a couple people. Um, I'm definitely excited for Tom. You know, he has, he always takes at least a two year off season. Every, mm -hmm. every off season Tom's done is two years. So, and he always makes huge improvements. Um, so I'm very excited to see how that comes together this year, especially because I'm supporting him a bit through the clinic. Um, we're doing some NAD plus, um, and we're doing some glutathione trochees. Um, we, we just talked about this the other day. I actually just got him some testosterone trochees to do pre-workout, um, mm -hmm. to give him a little extra boost in the gym. Um, the theory there is, you know, it's not toxic like oral steroids, but it does, kick in quite fast. So he's going to get that extra boost without any added toxicity on the body. Um, so I'm excited to see how that little experiment goes with him. Um, I'm really excited about Maria, um, my pro bikini girl. Um, she's 
she just got uh blood work done so we're just waiting on those lab results to come back but um she seems to be extremely healthy for for someone who competes so often uh all of her past labs have been quite impressive so she's one of those like one percenters that gifted people yeah right yeah, they, they have a great stress threshold and she just thrives uh no matter what she gets you know thrown into um we'll see if that's still the case uh with this with this latest lab, but that's what I've seen in the past. And her body doesn't give us any negative feedback at all. I mean, she's 104 pounds eating 400 carbs, doing, wow. doing, doing wow. no cardio. <laughs> so killing it. Killing I mean, yeah, she, yeah. She's very impressive. Um, so she'll be fun um, fixing Zach's gut and seeing what he can do in an off season is going to be extremely exciting. Cause I'm sure that's limited his ability to grow. Um, so yes. there, there, there's a lot of, I'm, I think I'm more, I think I'm more excited about that than anything else to watch Zach, uh, actually perform optimally. That's a scary thought for the competition out there. Yeah. So. I, I wonder how long he's been hindered to be honest. Um, so this is going to oh, be forever. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Um, he's had estrogen issues since we met. So it's most likely he's been since 2019, at least, you know, um, and yeah. it's just kind of progressively gotten worse over the years. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's, there, there's definitely some athletes that I'm super excited about. Um, hopefully I can just, you know, squeeze it all in this year. Right. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be traveling like every other weekend, I think between shows and promotions. Um, one last thing that I did want to touch on um, that I forgot to mention earlier, especially uh, for the, women over 40 um we always want to be sure that uh they're getting their dhea tested along with their hormones that's something that doesn't always get tested when it's not you know the functional coaches sending them to us and what a lot of women don't understand is they'll get on testosterone therapy but no one's addressed the dhea and the dhea is still low and so they're on testosterone but they still don't feel great their sex drive isn't great you know um, their, their motivation isn't great. And that DHEA is a huge component for women. It doesn't play a major role in men, which is why I don't think it's, there's too big of a focus around it, but in women, it plays a huge role because 90% of a woman's testosterone production is coming from that DHEA and that the adrenals, you know, everyone's so focused on male physiology and thinking, well, Men produce testosterone in their testes, so women produce testosterone in the ovaries. But the ovaries are only producing 10% of that testosterone. 90% is coming from the adrenals, mm -hmm. which means as soon as a woman's stress goes up and the adrenals start prioritizing cortisol, yep. they're not prioritizing everything else. Yep. And so oftentimes right. when we look at into why a woman's testosterone is low, we can see that that uh, the breadcrumbs uh, from the DHEA. Mm -hmm. That's great. So I, yeah. I always like to you know to make to make sure a woman feels optimal. We want to make sure that both her DHEA and testosterone are in an optimal place. And having you know implementing the DHEA can actually help women be more resilient to stress from what we've seen in research. So lots of benefits to optimizing those both. And we don't often see that from other HRT clinics. True. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. So Matt, you know, the next part, 
How do people find you? How do people find Rise HRT? Yeah, so the best way to find Rise HRT is to just go to our website, www.riseHRT.com. Um, you can obviously also follow us on Instagram. We're always sharing you know, educational information as well as promotions, sales, and stuff like that. Um, you can follow me as well on Instagram. My IG name is Matt the Body Tech. And um, uh, I'm pretty much an open book. Feel free to reach out to me. Any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, I'm, I'm always open to chat. Perfect. Perfect. Funny memes. Lots of memes. <laughs> right. We'll get weird. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Well, guys, thanks for the conversation, all things HRT, TRT. I'm sure we could have talked for hours about everything associated with this. So hopefully, Matt, we'll have you back on. Um, get some questions from our audience, some specific questions that we can address with you. I think that would be fabulous. Sure. Um, it's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Have a great week, Absolutely. guys.